All right, a special edition here of the Tony V Podcast, uh, October 16th, 2020. As always, brought to you by Flooring is Forever 317-755-1246, flooringisforever.com. Get a hold of Harley today, 317-755-1246. This day will always come um, as a reminder of... You know, the sport that I love in in IndyCar racing and the sport that you love uh, in IndyCar, the danger of it um, and the passing of two-time Indianapolis 500 winner Dan Weldon. Um, I I do this every year. I like to share stories, uh, have fun, and smile because he was a driver and a personality and a friend to everybody that always brought a smile to people's faces. Uh, First time I ever met Dan was Chicagoland, his First ever race, 2002, 2002, uh, we actually met in the bathroom at Chicagoland Speedway. True story. Uh, pretty funny. Um, and then he would go on to obviously win the Indianapolis 500 in 2005, back that up in 2011 with his second triumph at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. What was what was cool about Dan is, is is as great as he was on the racetrack, he was even better off the racetrack. Uh, a fan favorite, as we all know, always signed autographs. Uh, he became my little brother Garrett's favorite. Garrett has had met him many times, got plenty of autographs, pictures with him, and I just remember being at Kentucky Speedway three weeks prior to the October sixteenth race in Vegas. And my dad was waiting to get some things autographed. And uh, I think we had missed Dan come out of his RV. And I just said, oh, don't worry. You know, we'll have plenty of chances. He always will sign for us. We'll have plenty of chances. Uh, Fortunately, um, Brickyard Weekend 2011, Dan was back in town to receive his his ring. Um, And I believe my dad and my little brother got some pictures autographed by him. He came down into the little fan zone that they had. And to be honest with you, Dan and I were incredibly hungover from being out in Broderpool the night before, um, which, which, is, which is hilarious because um, this kind of all started with Dan and I's relationship. We knew each other f- from me being a fan of the series and going to many races around the Midwest uh, but about three weeks before the 2011 500, we just happened to be at Rock Lobster at the same time. And uh, being the racing fan I am, hey, you know, went up and introduced myself, and we ended up hanging out all night, um, throwing some back, having a great time. And I kept saying, you know, you're going to win. We're going to come back here if you win in three weeks. You know, you're going to have to come back. And of course, he did win. Was on the um, so his spotter at the time, Packy Wheeler, who's a great guy. A uh, great family. His daughter Olivia and I are really good friends. So I remember qualifying day was really cool that year. I believe Dan qualified on the second row, and we were all kind of standing along uh, the wall with each other. And I believe Dario ran out of fuel on his qualification run. Um, but but Dan just you know he was so amazing as a driver, but. He made everybody feel special and, and, and a part of what he was doing um, in his career. I uh, had two sons, Sebastian and Oliver, that are growing up that are, uh, I think, going to be champions of the Indy 500 in 2030 and 2034. 
then he wins the race uh, in 2011 in amazing, wild, crazy, dramatic finish there, as we know with J.R. Hildebrand. And um, he laughed about this story when I told him, but my car had gotten towed the night before. So the night before the 500, a few of my friends, you know, we'd walk Georgetown Road. Well, my my dumb self parked my car along Main Street there in Speedway. And, you know, at midnight, it turns race day. And the sign says no no parking, qualifying, or race day. And we get back to my car, you know, one thirty two in the morning before the race, and it's gone. And so I'm freaking out. Oh, I'm going to miss the race tomorrow, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so we're sitting up in turn three, and I'm like, all right, looks like J.R. Hildebrand might have this. I'll be able to get my car to be all good. Well, then Dan wins, and I'm like, well, I've got to get the victory circle and celebrate, um, which I did. I made it down there. Luckily, I had a media credential from working at the radio station. And I uh, got in there. There's a couple pictures. It's funny. Uh, that's the first time I ever met or saw Colton Herta. Because uh, he was such a small kid then. What was he 10 years old? Maybe somewhere along, maybe a little bit older. And, you know, was with Olivia and just being in Victory Circle and just magical, um, you know, taking pictures. He w- he walked up to me, uh, hugged me and said, not bad, huh? And I said, man, what a finish. We're going to we're going to party. And I just remember going out that night and just having a blast and saying to Dan, hey, uh, you know, uh, I'm on that morning show tomorrow with with Grady and Big Joe. You're going to have to call in hungover, bud. And, of course, he did. Uh, never missed a beat. Nothing ever really daunted him um, and was just an amazing character, an amazing ambassador to the sport. Um, will never be – there will never be another Dan Weldon. He just – his smile – was ear to ear and he will tell you and because we joked about it he's the only person with two different sets of teeth on the borg warner trophy uh but then fast forward a couple other times over the summer we'd get together we got together like i said that brickyard weekend and i remember going in in the broad ripple and uh, i remember walking into a bar and he was on my back giving him a piggyback ride and i would tell everybody that walked up to him that his name was Raul, and I would say, why do people keep calling you Dan? Your name's Raul. Why? Uh, wh- wh- why do you? Who is this Dan guy you're getting him confused with? And then we'd play it off for a minute, and then Dan would always smile and 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 meet and greet the people that would walk up and say hello, take a picture with him. Um, there's a picture of all of us at brothers in Prodripple, a photo I've never seen. Um, I don't know who's that with, but uh, if anybody knows of somebody getting their picture taken at Brothers and Broderick with Dan Weldon, send it my way because um, there's that and there's a picture of me. Somebody has to have it because there was photographers everywhere. It probably got deleted, but there's a picture of Dan and I hugging uh, right right along the bricks there after he won the 500. And then, um, yeah, uh, last time... Um, a couple weeks later, after the brickyard, he was here to test. If you remember the DW12 chassis, uh, what was then the new car, obviously not named the DW12 chassis then. And I went out there with, I believe David Deering went with me um, as my intern and talked to Dan and watched him test uh, on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And, and that was awesome. And told him I'd see him in Kentucky and then didn't see him in Kentucky. 
Uh, then two of my best friends and I fly out to Vegas for the IndyCar race, celebrating uh, my post-birthday. And my best friend Aaron had just finished um, his first house. Uh, my other best friend Trent had just finished college at Purdue. We went out there, and my grandfather and my uncle went with us, and you know it was it was an amazing weekend. You know, I was going to Vegas for the first time as an adult. Uh, we were going to have a blast, didn't have any care in the world. Going to wrap it up with what I knew was going to be a chaotic IndyCar race, which is crazy because I said it on the Grady and Big Joe show with Michael Grady and Joe Stasniak. I said, you know, it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be crazy. You've got an untested track. Uh, those cars, you know, it's the last of these cars. So, you know, they're at the disposal of these teams to where you can have 33, 34 cars uh, and some unproven drivers. So, um, you know, and then uh, we saw him walking through. We had pit passes, which was awesome. He told me, hey, hey, mate, hey, Raul, the, par- the party's going to be at the Palms. And uh, so if I'll have to look back, but uh, there's a few tweets where, uh, the name Raul is involved, so that's the backstory behind that. And then, obviously, for lack of a better term, all hell breaks loose there, and and just outside of turn one, and uh, just an empty feeling of not knowing what exactly was going on. Las Vegas Motor Speedway is in the middle uh, of pretty much nowhere. It, it sits about twenty minutes off the strip. You're kind of right there at the Air Force Base, mountains all around you, not very good cell phone service. Um, I remember the track playing the IMS radio network over the loudspeakers, and, you know, you just, you were just stunned. I mean, it was the most, I would say the most horrifying accident I've ever seen in my, with my two eyes in front of me. Um, which is it's just uh, unreal. I have a video on my then digital camera of lap eleven, and I believe the accident took place on lap twelve, and and it was chaotic those first twelve laps, and really no no need to go into anything more than that. But um, I just remember just an empty feeling, just you didn't know, um, and then the announcement came, what seemed like hours although it was probably maybe only an hour um, of the passing of of Dan. And I just remember trying to call my dad and saying, don't let Garrett watch the race. I know you guys are recording it. Don't let my little brother watch the race. Um, I told my, you know, I kept calling my phone, my dad's phone. He was in the middle of coaching my little brother in basketball. And I knew they were recording the race. And my stepmom finally answered, and um, my dad knew probably something was up when I kept calling. And uh, I told my stepmom, and it was it was bad. My uncle, you know, wanted I don't think understood the relationship that I had, but um, as a great uncle does, uh, took us all to In and Out Burger, which is the same In and Out Burger that I ate at. Um, six years later when that same uncle passed and, uh, you know, he said, look, Hey, we can sit around and, and, and be upset and be, and be crazy and be mad. Or, you know, we can go out and have some fun. It still is in Las Vegas. And I thought, you know what, Dan would probably want everybody to go out and have fun and for the show to go on. And, uh, my friend Olivia was with me a lot of that weekend heading into the race. I remember seeing John Orbitz who knew that you know i was working at the fan he said you know these days never 
never get any easier. And just those those laps that they did with the drivers, you know, and it was it was a bad scene. It was, it was just a bad bad scene. Um, I think I did play some roulette later on that night. Bet on the numbers four and twenty six. Uh, twenty six was obviously his first Indianapolis five hundred win, and probably eight and nine. I probably split those a few times as well. And then the funeral, which was the next week um, that we all went to, so. Um, I still think about Susie and the family, and there's not a time that I don't go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that I don't think of Dan, and that I don't think of Scott Brayton and Tony Renna as well, drivers that um, you know had 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 great runs at the 500. Brayton on the pole twice. Tony Renna was a top 10 finisher, and then we all know what Dan did. Um, a life cut way too way too soon. Had just signed the day before to go back to Andretti Autosport, where I think he would have won two more Indianapolis 500s. And, um, you know, there's just, same with Justin Wilson. You know, Justin Wilson, the same thing. And there's just so many what-ifs. And I just wish we could have had more time with, with Dan Weldon. More time with Greg Moore, who passed away in October as well. Tony Renna, I believe, also passed away in October at the Speedway. Um, but we look forward to St. Pete, where we know Dan will be a, a, a very, 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 very much present with the Dan Weldon way there at St. Pete, his hometown. Uh, we had a lot of a lot of good stories he shared, a lot of fun together. I'm grateful for his friendship, how he treated myself, my family at the racetrack, and um, forever Godspeed, Dan Weldon. Thank you for listening to the Tony Lee Podcast.